Welcome to the Sports Up Podcast, where we feature groundbreaking leaders in sports and share their inspiring stories. Now, let's get started with the show. This episode is brought to you by me, Meredith Sims. My biggest personal and professional passion is to be one of the top female leaders in sports broadcasting, a typically male-dominated industry. I started this podcast to share inspiring stories, and one of my goals is to intern for a professional sports team. So if you are listening and you know someone I should connect with, please email me because I'm willing to work super hard. Or if you know of an inspiring female leader, email me at meredith at sportsuppodcast.com. I'm always looking for more great guests to feature. Visit sportsuppodcast.com today to check out more episodes. For today's episode, I have a really exciting guest here. Her name is Dr. Dana Weintraub, who holds a number of impressive titles, including co-CEO of the Bay Area Women's Sports Initiative, a clinical associate professor for the Division of General Pediatrics at Stanford's Children's Health, and a board member at the U.S. Soccer Foundation, to name a few. And I'm really honored to speak with her today. So thank you, Dana, for coming. Thank you, Meredith. It's a total honor to be here, and I am so impressed with you. (laughs) Thank you. So I think first, I'd love to get into kind of how you found yourself connecting medicine with sports, because that's something that's super fascinating to me. You know, people typically go down this route of medical and, and you know, it's not super often you find someone who's going down this route of connecting it with sports. So maybe a little bit about your background in sports and how you found yourself doing that. Okay. Well, I love that as a first question, Meredith, because ever since I've been co-CEO of Bossy, which is since the summer of 2020, every time I meet anyone Mm -hmm. when I am talking about Bossy, I start off by asking them their sports story. Mm -hmm. So I love that you're starting off your podcast by asking me (laughs) my sports story and the intersection between medicine and sport. It's an interesting story for me, but it really ties into the idea of sports as a transformational tool for leadership. So I was very fortunate. I grew up in a suburb of New York City, Scarsdale, and had lots of opportunity to play sport. It was just post Title IX, and I had an older brother, and we were the house that everyone was playing sports at. So I always was in our backyard playing with neighborhood kids. And when it came time for organized sport to start at my school, In third grade, there was only boys teams. Uh, The girls started in fourth grade, but there were teams for the girls. But one of the parents from our school said, well, if there's no girls league in third grade, we'll just play in the boys leagues. So that's how it started. And then it never stopped. There was, it felt to me like there was always opportunity and it was multiple sports. And I was a relatively quiet kid. People are surprised to find that out about me because I'm not such a quiet adult. But on the sports field was really where I gained my confidence, my leadership. Uh, As I went through my childhood, I ended up falling in love with soccer. And so I played both field hockey and soccer in high school. But soccer was really my passion. I was very fortunate to be able to play at Dartmouth College and eventually went on to coach there as well. And through my whole uh, youth and then into uh, eventually college and beyond, I just loved connecting with people through sports. So after college, I was actually a history and government major. I started off pre-med, but then was playing soccer and it didn't go very well with uh, labs. And so I ended up finding history and government. And after I graduated, really was focused on, uh, I had studied about South Africa and really wanted to go to South Africa and give back and learn more about the country that I'd learned so much about. 
And so I worked for a law firm for a year and eventually went to South Africa and worked in a township, Kailicha, outside of Cape Town. And there I was doing physical education and after school sports. And I was also working for a human rights organization. And when I came back, I decided, you know what, I really want to go into medicine. So did a year of my pre-medical post-baccalaureate work. And during that time was playing soccer with kids at the YMCA. So sports was really a thread through everything I did. So when I was in South Africa, I was playing sports with kids and played soccer with girls who had never played soccer before. And then when I was doing my pre-medical work, was playing soccer with kids. When I eventually went to medical school, did a lot of work with homeless youth, but was also playing soccer with them on the side. And then when I went to uh, residency, was playing soccer with kids. So it was always a part of my DNA playing soccer. And eventually when I was in medical school and residency, I was doing programs for kids, specifically actually interesting photography. So photography was another passion of mine. And I was helping kids express themselves through photography. And someone said to me by the second, you know, when I was in my residency and it was the second time I'd done a photography program that you should really learn how to measure impact. And so I came to Stanford specifically for a two-year research fellowship, after which time I thought I would go and work in under-resourced community, which was where my heart was, and ended up never leaving Stanford because when I was there, I ended up starting to do these research studies looking at sports as a tool for child health and particularly being involved in team sports and for kids that didn't otherwise have access so specifically under-resourced communities. And through that work, I just found that I was then able to really impact nonprofit organizations. So the U.S. Soccer Foundation uh, was the actually it was Boys and Girls Clubs of the Peninsula First, which you hadn't mentioned, but I've been a board member there as well that someone was telling me I was, I was struck by the disparity between where my kids were going to school and just a mile away where a lot of the kids that I would see in clinic were going to school. And so someone introduced me to Peter Fortenbaugh, the uh, CEO of the Boys and Girls Clubs of the Peninsula. And I immediately felt like here is somewhere where I can get back. So join the board there. And then the U.S. Soccer Foundation, the executive director, Ed Foster Simeon, heard about my work, my research study. So I didn't actually mention, I actually as part of my fellowship, did a research study that was a randomized trial. So half the kids were randomized to be in a sports program, specifically soccer initially, and then we expanded. But initially it was a soccer program and half the kids got health education and actually saw scientifically that kids that had the opportunity to play soccer had better health outcomes than the kids that were not given that opportunity. And so I called it the dust study because I felt like we all know that, but it was really helpful to nonprofits in this, in this space to actually have the research to back up what so many people intuitively know that sports are good for child health. So I really fell into to long answer to your first question is that I fell into it. So sports helped me become a leader. But then in my life as a physician, I fell into this sports world and being able to really show the impact that sports have on kids. And at the same time, being involved with organizations that were in the community creating access for kids. And that's how I came to Bossy as well. Amazing. 
you know, I mentioned, you mentioned actually a few words like empowerment and leadership. And that's something I tend to talk about with a lot of my guests and, and talk about how important sports is in that kind of role of bringing that out. And I know you mentioned that you, you've kind of connected research with that kind of aspect. And that was actually going to be my next point and question that I wanted to talk to you a little bit more and expand on was kind of what have you seen maybe specifically if you do know for females like how important is it that they have that access to sports from a young age because you know it's gotten better now obviously we're we like we've we're hitting the 50th year anniversary of title nine so it has gotten better but you know there's still a lower access point for females um, into sports at a younger age. So I'd love for you to maybe touch on that a little bit and how important it is that we kind of continue to ensure that that stays equal and equitable for um, young girls, especially. Thank you, Meredith. You just articulated that (laughs) so well. But when I came to Bossy two years ago, I actually really wanted to go back and find out what are those girls who did, well, young women now, Bossy started in 2005 and our programming in elementary schools in 2006. So we have met many of those bossy girl alumni over the years. And we have one of our former alumni is actually, one of our alumni is actually on staff with us now as a community specialist, uh, Michelle Ramirez Martinez. And we know we've met these women and they're incredible leaders in their community. But what about all the other girls that came, the thousands of other girls that came through our program and we don't know what they're doing. So when I came to Bossy, I actually wanted to do a long-term impact study and we're about to present the results for the first time tomorrow night. But since I'm here with you, I will share some of them. And so the Women's Sports Foundation, I know you're familiar with because you recently interviewed their chief impact and strategy officer. And I listened to that podcast and really (laughs) that. Um, so we know because of research like that from the Women's Sports Foundation that girls who play sports have better outcomes, physical and mental health, as well as leadership. 94% of women in C-suites played sports as a kid and I think 54% uh, actually played at the varsity level in college. So there's all this research that shows that girls who play become women and lead and have these better health outcomes. Um, but I wanted to look at bossy and especially because bossy initially has, has had elementary school programming, getting girls physically active, not sports specific and building leadership, mindfulness, all of those great things that help us thrive. Um, but we're looking to build into middle school and high school. So as we were doing that, we really wanted to go back and learn about specifically the outcomes. And we have found that the outcomes for our girls, we looked at comparable local, regional, national data, and they're more physically active than matched peers. Um, They were more likely to have participated in high school sports. They have lower rates of uh, marijuana and electronic vapor product uh, use. So all of these great outcomes for our bossy girls, and then the memories that they have of the program too. The word empowerment came up so frequently in open-ended questions that we asked our alumni about what they remember about Bossy. Um, It was about empowerment. It was about uh, girl to woman leadership, seeing women leading on the playgrounds. Um, So all of those factors are so important. And we actually, some of our sub-analysis also showed that playing sports in high school was a better predictor of holding leaderships later than actually holding a leadership 
position in high school. So it's really rich data that girls who play become women who lead. And that's why it's so important for all girls to have access to play. Yeah. And I think that that's something that's not shocking to me at all, the data that's come out. And I think that it what does shock me is that some people continue to deny that data. So I think it's just important to continue to have those conversations. But I'd love for you to go into what Bossy does um, and kind of explain maybe your role, but also what the kind of goals and what your favorite aspects are of bossy and being a part of that team. Thank you. I just love being a part of the bossy team because we all work so well together as a team and our values start on our playgrounds and go to our staff and our board and everyone works so well together as a team. It's not surprising that most people involved in bossy played sports as a kid. Uh, So bossy specifically was started. The history of bossy is that In 2005, the first women's professional soccer league no longer had the financial support to continue. And Brandi Chastain and Julie Fowdy, two of the 99ers, as well as a woman, Marlene Bjornsrud, who was the executive manager of the Bay Area team, the Cyberies, and some other people were sitting around thinking about how disappointed they were that the league was no longer there for this opportunity for women to play professional sports, but also for all the things that these incredible athletes were doing in community. And they thought, well, that doesn't need to start. Let's start an initiative in community where we're engaging collegiate athletes and high school athletes, giving back in their local communities. And we're in the Bay Area. Let's call it the Bay Area Women's Sports Initiative. Someone said, yeah, we can't do that. The acronym is bossy. And I think it was Brandy Chastain said, we are absolutely going to call it bossy. <laughs> and so that's where we started. And the curriculum has not changed too much from the beginning. It was very uh, well put together. And so it combines non-sports specific. The idea is it's second initially, historically, it's been second to fifth grade girls. And the idea is you really have to give girls the opportunity to get involved from a young age in sport. And it can't be the competition that you're throwing them out on. I mean, it can be for some girls. It's great, just like it is for some boys. But for many girls, uh, it, it needs to be a fun experience with physical activity and sport. And anyone can play. It's all about inclusion. It's all about being supportive. And those are lessons that we hear over and over that the school see come in the classroom from the playground. So we're located at schools. We take away the two biggest barriers, so cost and transportation. So we go to the schools. We're there after school once a week for eight weeks in the fall and eight weeks in the spring. And they're a part of a team. It's the bossy team. And that's what's happening on the playgrounds. If anyone who hears this is in the Bay Area, we'd love to bring you out to our playgrounds. It's so much fun. And uh, then we were... Eventually, about two years later, there was a Paralympic athlete, Sharon Kelleher, who was on our staff. And she said, this is so great that we are giving girls who are traditionally on the sideline the opportunity to get in the game. But what about kids with disabilities like me? And Marlene said, go for it. And Sharon began our program, Bossy Rollers, which works with kids with cognitive uh, physical and hearing disabilities. And that program continues till today as well. It's during the school day. We work with classrooms um, with kids with disabilities. And it's really about what they can do, not what they can't do, being a part of a team also. 
And then when we were looking, taking a couple of years, well, actually it was before I became co-CEO in 2020, so more like 2018, we were looking to see where we were going to grow. And would we go into more schools or would we go deeper in the schools we're in? And that's when we really decided that we wanted to go to middle school and high school because just because we give girls the opportunity when they're young, we want to make sure middle school, which is that time that so many girls might move away that were involved in physical activity and sport in elementary school, we want to make sure that they have the confidence to continue to stay engaged in sports and then go in in high school and then connect them with career opportunities and college opportunities. We also take all of our bossy girls out to uh, college sports games and they meet college athletes and see a college campus. If I can see her, I can be her is a big part of it. And then we bring lots of high school and college athletes onto our playgrounds to help uh, power our programs. And we also, because I want to do a shout out to anyone that is either taking a gap year from college or is just graduating or is in community college, we hire a cohort of coaches each year. It's called our athlete leadership team. And it's a great opportunity to give back. And we also are building leaders with our athlete leadership team. So they're going on the playgrounds and helping empower the leaders of the future. And then we hopefully are also mentoring them and helping them think about what they're doing when they go on beyond bossy. I think from a lot of what you said, what I think is so important about what you guys do is you talked a lot about the competition. I feel like girls are often put in an environment where they're taught to tear each other down and be so critical of each other. Whereas boys, you don't see that as much. And I think that it is, it is something interesting to think about is how sports can kind of get, take away from that and actually um, get girls to want to kind of bond together and support one another. So I think that's really important. And I can see um, how that can play a role in causing that from not happening, um, especially. So I think that's really important. Yeah. Another thing I didn't mention is we have an opening locker room and a closing locker room at each bossy session. And we have a word of the week. And often it's words such as team, teamwork, leadership, respect. And the girls will come together and learn the meaning of those words and then think about how the follow and closing locker room think about how they use that word in their life, in the classroom, at home, uh, and really bring that into everything that they do as well. I'm sure you've had, you can list a lot, but I'd love for you to describe maybe what are the most rewarding aspects of your career, maybe anything you've done, whether that's at Bossy or just in general. That's a hard one. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. I feel like I've been very fortunate and with the opportunities that I've had. So as a pediatrician, I really value the relationships that I have with families. So I learned so much from the families of the children who I've uh, had the opportunity to care for or really partner with in their child's health over the years. And then through this research where I never thought I was going to go into research, but I had this opportunity to work with these incredible people in community who are doing really impactful work. And I've been able to be a part of that through my role as a physician with a background in research and understanding the importance for the health of children. So through that, I've been involved with really incredible people and all the nonprofits that I've worked with. And then I had this opportunity a couple of years ago to 
step away from being within the, I still do do clinic once a month. So I'm also very fortunate that I still am able to work with medical students and residents and the rest of the team of physicians I've been with for two decades. But now to actually be able to step into community and work within a nonprofit and in this co-CEO role, I feel really fortunate because I'm working with, uh, this is a great, uh, I don't have my photo here to share with you, but uh, a great story of just complementary skill sets and work with my co-CEO. My co-CEO, Jennifer Smith and I, she played for Cornell and I played for Dartmouth the same three years. So we figured out very quickly when she was hired as full CEO and then someone else was a co-CEO and then eventually it was me. But when I was on the board and she was hired, I knew right away that we had played together for all four years because we're the same age. And uh, she was a midfielder and I was a striker. And I was going through pictures after we I had taken the Cosio role and I found a photo of the two of us. She's <laughs> bending the goal as a midfielder and I'm trying to get the ball in the goal. And I have this. And so we both have this photo. Up Truly our- full circle. Yeah, it really was. And just yeah. destiny that we were meant to be here together and working on the same team as opposed to opposing teams. But we both, and everyone at Bossy has their own sports story just to bring it full circle. And then the people I've met through Bossy, and when I ask people their sports story, and every once in a while, there's someone that (laughs) says, oh, I didn't play sports. But oftentimes it's someone they say, oh, but I danced. I'm like, well, that's a team sport. Yeah, I danced. Anyway, so it's very rare that you don't have someone that you're meeting in that they have a leadership role and they don't have their own sports stories. And then it always just really builds this connection and understanding of the great work that we're doing in many different ways. Yeah. Maybe it would be great if you could touch on what you see as the most challenging issue we still have to face as we develop the sports world, whether that's based on your research or just kind of the interactions and and what you've seen through Bossy, really either way, what do you think are the things that we need to continue to work on the most? Thank you. For me, it's definitely equity and opportunity. And it's not just for sports. I mean, with my Bossy hat on, Mm -hmm. of course, uh, making sure that all children have access to play because of all those great benefits of play, but also the disparity in education, depending on which neighborhood you live in. For me, that is the most uh, most important challenge that all of our communities have to face right now is how can we ensure that there is equitable opportunity for all children. Definitely. Who would you say are your biggest mentors? Uh, that is a hard one. There are so many people. I know. Yeah. And that's, I, I knew you were going to ask me that. And it is, there's been so many people along the way. I'll be honest before you answer. A lot of people, I get the answer that they don't really have one. So this is good that you have a lot. I think I have a lot. That's and good. I, and I don't think they're necessarily traditional mentors. I mean, I'm not going to name a lot of specific people, but I will name my mom who I wouldn't have necessarily realized uh, she's passed away, but I wouldn't really necessarily realize what a mentor she was to me, but she worked my whole childhood. She was athletic, 
there was never a no to me participating in something. So I, I think it was both a ro- the role she played in allowing me to have opportunities. And it was also just seeing her and working and being active and all those qualities as well. Um, and then in high school, there were coaches who were incredible mentors to me, teammates in college, similar, and then medical school residency. I always had these great mentors around me that were doing really great work and helped me think about where my impact could be greatest and not necessarily a straight path. And I now have the opportunity to talk to so many young people like you. And I really, really enjoy that and often learn, continue to learn from the people who in a traditional role, it looks like I'm mentoring them, but I'm also learning so much from them. And then the entire team that I work with at Bossy. So we're always learning from each other. And I love that we have a lot of young people come to us recently out of college and we're constantly learning from them as well. Yeah, I think it's important to realize that everyone can learn from each other, definitely. I think my last question would be, what advice would you say is the most important to give to young girls considering going into sports, considering kind of going into that world who maybe don't feel super empowered from the start to do so? I hate to take the Nike line, but just do it. (laughs) Yeah, I I think to have the confidence within, and I really think that's what Bossy's trying to do. We're getting girls to sign up and then we're uh, instilling that confidence in them to say yes. And I also think creating, for me, it's creating the environment so that young girls will be comfortable saying yes, not necessarily being in this competitive environment but being in a place where you feel included. But I want all girls to have the opportunity to play sports. So well, they grow up and they're like you. And start <laughs> podcast. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Dana, for coming on. It was really awesome speaking with you. Um, your words were really inspiring. And so I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, and good luck, Meredith. I'll definitely be making those connections for you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Sports Up podcast. We'll see you again next time and be sure to click subscribe to get future Sports Up episodes.